Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a journalist. To me, being a journalist was better than being president of the United States. Even before I first wandered into that prep sports department for an after-school job answering phones, I knew I wanted to be part of them. It was where I belonged. To me, it meant being somebody in a world full of nobodies. They weren't like anyone else. They did whatever they wanted. They'd eat cold pizza on election night and nobody batted an eye. In the summer, when they moved agate all night, nobody ever called the cops. But scaling the wall into the fourth estate proved more difficult than I expected. I learned scoops didn't grow on trees. There were no magical elves to deliver them. The Maggie Habermans and Carl Bernsteins of the world have to move heaven and earth to break their news. The Woges and the Shams, they're in a never-ending arms race. It would take a tremendous effort to break through. To announce my presence, I think I'd have to nail down the biggest story of the year, the white whale of media reporting. Because for as long as there have been Super Bowls, there have been those who wonder, what time does the Super Bowl start? This was the question I would answer. Breaking this story would be a Herculean task, but the rewards would be immeasurable. And if I could get the time, could I also nail down the teams participating? The broadcast details? The halftime show? I knew that once I pulled the string, the world may come undone. I did it anyway. My first order of business was to take the temperature of a competitor. Ian Castleberry is with Awful Announcing. On any given day, he is my enemy. We are engaged in click warfare. So I was shocked when he agreed to talk. He confirmed my suspicions. 
This was big. Perhaps it was too big for someone like me. Ian, is this a story that you guys are chasing as well? And what do you think it could do for someone's career? I know that we're probably going to be competing for the same scoop. I'm not trying to steal any secrets, but I know that the weight of, of, of breaking this is something that is, is really heavy and I've been struggling with. I just wanted to check in with what my competitors are doing. Yeah, we're getting the sense at Awful announcing that this could be a big deal. I mean, people... Uh, we're guessing people want to know when the Super Bowl is on. Uh, it, it's a, a football game that people seem to be into, uh, even you know, with COVID. Uh, are they going to get together? So uh, yeah, we're uh, we're checking Google. Uh, we're, we're going uh, through our sources. Um, I DVR'd uh, the, the AFC Championship game and rewound a few times to see if uh, the broadcasters left any hints. Is this something that you've you've chased in 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 past years? And and if you have, I know that you know I don't want to speak outside of school, and I don't want to throw you under the bus, but I, I can speak for myself. We're two people who have never broken this story before, and I know it kind of like sits heavy on our shoulders. How do you get the strength to keep chasing this? Uh, is it just just that the payoff will be worth all the hard work? Definitely, and honestly, I'm inspired by uh, competitors such as yourself. You know, if if I don't get it. Kyle Coster is going to get it, you know, like I, I don't want to be scooped. Frankly, I'm tired of being beaten. We're totally on the same page that public interest dictates that it gets out there. It is, it is probably the biggest story of 2021 as it is, as it is annually. Um, are you, are you curious about some other stuff too? Like, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking if I can get what time the Super Bowl is, I might be able to also ascertain what channel it's on for sure. Um, you know, maybe where it's at. I, I'd love to get the two teams that are playing. And then I think the like the the biggest scoop of all, the follow-up would probably be who's playing halftime. So are those things that you're chasing at the same time or or can you can you not multitask like that? It is uh, a big project. Yeah, I I, I do kind of tend to get blinders on and get I mean, I, I don't I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but after we get off, I'm probably going to turn on my TV and look through the cable listings and see if there are any clues there. Just speaking generally here, what are some of the best, what time does the Super Bowl starts scoops that you can remember? Gosh, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a historian. So going back, even when, uh, you know, the, the original Super Bowl, uh, I think it was on two different networks, right? I mean, so, I mean, that is big. I mean, you're not just seeing one channel, like, my goodness, another channel has it. And, and it's uh, what AFL, NFL. I mean, that and th there was no internet back then. So I, I think uh, whatever work uh, the media did back then was really impressive. And, and, you know, you talked about what drives me or drives us uh, as people who cover sports media. And that's kind of the thing that inspires me or is really going to motivate me to, I mean, like if those guys could do it, and find what channel the Super Bowl was on, what time it started. It seems like with the resources we have available now uh, that we should be able to do that as well. Well, thank you so much for being honest. Thank you for, for speaking about this craft that we both love so much. And if, and if I can't get it, I hope it's you. Likewise, if, if I have to be beaten on this, I, I hope you get it. Um, you know, I will uh, tweet and, and promote the heck out of it and just tip my cap uh, to the work you've done if, if you get this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just hope we find out. 
Speaking to Ian only made me thirstier for knowledge. I played sports my entire life, and this felt like a real competition. I didn't know that chasing a scoop could feel like a runner's high. Or that checking other sites to see if they'd beat me was like checking a scoreboard. Now, to know more about what time the Super Bowl started, I need to know more about the Super Bowl. I found out that it's the biggest game of the year. The winner of the NFC plays the winner of the AFC. It's been going on for like uh, 55 years. I'd been so busy lately that I missed the major NFL storylines. I needed a primer from someone who knew what they were talking about. I found Jeff Darlington. He's an NFL reporter for ESPN. You've seen him on NFL Countdown, Sports Center, Get Up, and really any show that covers professional football. He has boots on the ground in Fort Lauderdale, so perhaps there was a chance he'd heard something about the teams involved. And hopefully, hopefully more. Jeff, I know that you're really tapped into the NFL. Um, what are your sources saying about who's going to play in this big game? Yeah, I actually, I literally just got a text on my phone that I'm holding right now in my hand. And it says that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks are both playing in this game. That's right. And that's from a trusted source. Right? I mean, I know that I know that your track record is, is very good, but I, I, I think that when you're trying to break a story of this magnitude, I'm not trying to get burned. No so question. I, how comfortable are you in, in your source? These are multiple sources, and these sources are close to the organizations and their way of thinking. So I feel like this is legitimate stuff. Wait. Yeah, no, it's the same. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Bucks. A third source has now confirmed that. Wow, that's an interesting matchup. I mean, the first thing that I think about is both teams have some red in their uniform. I'm sure that's probably going to be a big storyline. Yeah. Uh, but did anybody happen to predict this matchup before the season? I, I know of nobody other than myself that predicted this matchup. In fact, yes, I do know of a few other people, but I'd rather just focus on myself. Do you have any advice for me as I, as I go in trying to yeah, go against some of the big heavy hitters? I mean, I, I look, I know that you're a big Schefter guy. You're, you're, yeah. you're all, you're a company guy. Totally. I don't want to step on any toes, but is there anything that you've gleaned being around yourself and some of the biggest NFL newsbreakers out there that would help me in my quest to, to, to not only find out what time the Super Bowl starts, yeah. who is playing, Maybe the halftime show would be great to get. And I would love to be able to drill down on if they're going to put this thing on television. Yeah, I think one of the biggest but, things as, as, a, as a journalist is to, um, when your MacBook asks you to update the time zone, I would do it. Like, I would just update the time zone wherever you're at. I mean, that's going to be your first step toward making sure that you know what time the Super Bowl starts. Uh and beyond that, you know, you, you, I, I really, I mean, you got to have sources. You have to have sources. And if you don't have sources, um, you're pretty much going to be in the cold. How do you look at, okay, well, maybe hearing you say that, it makes me realize that I might be a little bit behind the eight ball. Yeah. How do you go about cultivating a source for the first time? That's a great question. Uh, I would say the best way to cultivate sources is to change the names of your friends and your phone to important people like Tom Brady 
or Patrick Mahomes. And that way, when you text your sources, you get texts back. Um, it can lead to confusion, I get it. But in general, I think that you're gonna get a lot more responses. And as a result, you're probably gonna have a lot more content, um, you know, to, uh, to make sure that you captivate your audience. Some of Jeff's methods made me nervous. I began to ask myself how far I was willing to go for this. Was I ready to swim in the deep end with the sharks? Was I the fresh blood? Was this, was this me? Is this what I'd wanted all these years? It didn't feel like I thought it would feel. My whole life, I've been the nice guy. Gnashing my teeth to get the first bite and not share felt unnatural to me. Still, I pressed on. I thought that perhaps knowing what channel the Super Bowl is on would give me some clues about when it starts. I asked Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports for some guidance. Michael, the Super Bowl this year, um, are you hearing, are they going to put this thing on television? Yes, yeah, CBS Sports has got the Super Bowl for a record 21st time. Um, they're going to do seven hours of pregame leading up to kickoff, and Jim Nance and Tony Romo are going to be on the call. How do you know all this? Well, CBS put it out in a press release. They did. Oh, man, I must have missed that one. Um CBS, now this would be Tony Romo's uh, second time calling the Super Bowl. Is that correct? That's correct, Kyle. Second time uh, calling the Super Bowl. He never made it to the Super Bowl as a player, so old Tony has finally made it to the big game. I think that he got pretty positive reviews the last time he did it. I think that I I think I had some issues. There was kind of like a, a late a late game score and time situation that I don't think he got correct. I think uh, I think we criticized him for that. But what do you remember from his first performance? I think he was a little nervous in the beginning, um, as you would be for somebody who's only been broadcasting a couple of years. Uh, problem with Romo is everybody compares his work to uh, the 2000, I think, 19 AFC championship game between the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs, where he literally called, in my opinion, a perfect game. He was right on every prediction. He was right on everything he said. It was an A-plus performance that is hard to match. So when he followed that up with the Super Bowl, it seemed a little off. So it seems that you think the game is going to be on CBS, and it seems like CBS thinks that the game is also going to be on CBS. Um, I'm going to have to look further into this. Uh, I can't just with those two sources. I don't think it's quite there, so I'm going to have to keep digging. Um but do you think what are you what are you anticipating in terms of viewership? I know that this this year, and we can we can quibble whether ratings should have any impact in in the average Joe's life. But what are we looking at here in in kind of an unprecedented year where the viewership has been up and down? Uh, it's it's a great matchup. What are you expecting to see? I think CBS couldn't have gotten a better matchup. You know, you have the old lion, the new lion, the the old NFL, the new NFL stars, interesting coaches. However, I think viewership is going to go down. I think we've all been surprised by what happened this year, which is uh, sports ratings are down, sports viewership is down. So I'm expecting about a 5% drop in last year's viewership. Are you hearing from your sources that it's a big deal to have the Super Bowl on your network? Uh, it's uh, quite a big deal. Uh, you know, this is what 
all the networks uh, kill for. I mean, you can easily make tens and millions of dollars just in advertising revenue uh, for the single game. Also, putting a, you know, a Super Bowl on the network gives a network a prestige that it doesn't have. I mean, just ask ESPN. You know what I mean? If you ask anybody, you know, he gives anybody at ESPN a truth serum and say, what would you like more than anything else? It would be a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. I guess I never thought about that. I, I guess I guess a lot of people are probably interested in watching. And I mean, I don't, you tell me if this is correct, but I would imagine with something like the Super Bowl, you're getting viewers who aren't diehard football fans as well. Oh, exactly. I mean, you get everybody who's just uh, partying, hanging around. I mean, it's an unofficial national holiday. National holiday. Those words rang in my ears. This whole thing was bigger than I thought. People didn't just want this information. They needed it. I felt like I was making progress. But then the trail went cold. Three days passed. No one returned my calls. I ran into dead end after dead end. Perhaps I'd gotten too close. I mentally resigned myself to losing the scoop to someone more skilled, more established. I drifted back to my normal life, blogging, fatherhood. Then the story called me back. We were sitting on the couch one night and my wife asked me about the halftime show. It sparked an idea. I remember Natalie Zamora, my colleague at Minute Media who covers celebrity. Perhaps this was another entry point to find my answer. One that had eluded me for too long. So Natalie, have you heard anything about the Halftime Act this year? Yeah, you haven't heard The weekend is performing the Super Bowl halftime. That's great. I love Vampire Weekend. It's been a while since they put out new music. The weekend. The singer, The Weeknd. Oh, it's just one guy? Yeah, it's just one guy. Okay, so let me Google him. Yeah, do it. You'll definitely know a few of his songs. Like when he comes on to perform, you'll know who he is. Okay, I just Googled him and it looks like, like I don't want to say anything right now, but it looks like I'm getting two different versions of this guy. Yeah. Um, And I'm assuming this is the new and improved model I'm looking at is what's, what's the story there? Yeah, are you talking about one where he looks like he has plastic surgery and kind of like a botched face going on? Yeah, so I guess like for most of his albums, he kind of puts on this character. So for his latest album, which came out in 2020, After Hours, he was kind of doing press and like all of his music videos with bandages all over his face. And then for his most recent video, he came out with no bandages and now this new face. So I've read that it's all fake, so don't be worried, but I feel like he's going to use this character at the Super Bowl. Oh, so he's one of those people who is kind of like has this character that performs that's different than who he is as a real person? Yeah, this is definitely the most extreme that he's been, but he usually has a different look between every album. And it seems to me that this is kind of like a big step for him. Like last year at the Super Bowl, we had Jennifer Lopez and um, Shakira. Yeah. And, you you know, Rolling Stones, Coldplay. I would not say that The weekend is on those levels. Is this kind of like a really big elevation for him? Or has he been kind of building this uh, over some time? 
It's pretty big. I mean, he is super famous, but like you said, like Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, I don't know if it's going to beat that. But, you know, the year previously we had Travis Scott. So I think it's kind of, you know, it's a big step, but he is famous. And I think it's interesting because he was snubbed for the Grammys this year, which is like a huge thing. So I think it's funny that he's playing at the halftime show, not even nominated for one Grammy. It's kind of like, I don't know, one of them is kind of wrong. And I think he, he'll be a good fit for the halftime show. Is it, do you think it's going to be weird to put on a halftime show this year? I mean, I talked to some other people that the presentation from the TV side is probably going to look different. The presentation uh, from the NFL might look different because we are in the midst of a pandemic. It's been a very mm -hmm. rough year. Do you think that his show is going to show any type of uh, reflection of that? Or do you think he's just going to use the opportunity to have fun? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I do know, like I've seen him live before and I, you know, watch some of his shows that I know he's very theatrical and like a lot of lights and a, a huge like showstopper. So like a, a regular halftime show in previous years would seem like a good fit for him. So at the same time this year, you know, everything's different and it might be a little tone deaf to just act like everything's fine. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the route that they went. What do you think he needs to do to have a successful show? I'm not so sure that he has, it would seem to me, again, I'm not the expert, but it doesn't seem like he has as complete of a catalog as some other people that could go. And usually when you get to these shows, it's a medley of mm -hmm. maybe eight or nine different songs. Does he have enough there to put together a whole show? Or do you think he'll be relying on a lot of guests? Um, I think that he has a bunch of good songs. He's definitely like a radio hit guy, um, especially his, you know, biggest hit now is Blinding Lights. And that was kind of made so popular from TikTok. So I think maybe, you know, a younger crowd will think that he has what it takes and an older crowd will be like, let's see what he has because they might not be that familiar with him. So I think maybe a guest or two, if he's, you know, allowed, if that's fine, would be good. But I think overall he has he has probably like five hit songs that you would know. And, you know, I hate to do this to you. I really do. But like, how good is your sourcing on this that he's going to be performing? I, I just don't want to be wrong when I report this. It is confirmed. I was happy to know about The weekend, though I was curious about the missing E in his name. That story would have to wait. Because a person can only chase one waterfall at a time. While I was plotting my next move, something amazing happened to me. My phone rang. The caller ID was blocked. On the other end was someone close to the NFL. Really close. We'll call her Connie Fox. She's an on-air talent for the league's network. We've changed her name to protect her identity. My friend Kevin has assured me her voice has been altered. I asked him about it several times. He said, I'm on it, dude. I said, okay, I'm just asking. He said, I can expense this voice changer, right? He said, no way, that's an out-of-pocket cost. Anyway, here's, Colleen, uh, here's Connie. I have been on this journey for a long time and I have pieced together a lot of the elements and I feel like I'm very close. Uh, I've heard rumors um, of a time, but I really think that you're my best chance to go and get a definitive answer. So please tell me that you have something for me. 
when it comes to what time the Super Bowl starts? Well, Kyle, I'm pretty sure it starts at the same time almost every year, but I did do some homework here for you. And according to NFL research, the Super Bowl starts at 6.30. And, and that's p.m., not a.m., which would, you know, be really, really cruel. And it's also Eastern Standard Time. So just build that in because like a time zone snag would really, it, it could be absolutely devastating. Now, our research department also confirmed that since the 1990 season, which was Super Bowl 25 uh, between the Giants and the Bills, actually in Tampa Bay, Kickoff time has ranged from 6.19 to 6.41 p.m. Eastern. So basically the last 30 Super Bowls started in that same 22-minute range. So 1990 was the earliest, 2019 was the latest. Um, only three in that span actually started at 6.30. But you can lock it in now, Kyle. I, I'm, I'm almost positive, especially because I have the NFL research backing. So you, you're telling me that you're able to go and using your proprietary tools that I assume only are on hand at a big server uh, someplace in California, you're able to get in there and there's been a 22 minute window where Super Bowls have started basically in the modern era that coincides with dinner time on the East Coast and, and the ending coincides with dinner time on the West coast, but it hasn't been a static thing where it always started at, 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 at six 30. It's, it's, it's been at odd times. And then I was just curious, so we can count on the ball being in the air at six 30, or is that just what time the super bowl starts with air quotes? Well, you know, I mean, you have to build in certain times here for uh, different things that go longer, some delays here and there. So the fact that only three have started at exactly 6.30 um, since 1990, I think it's pretty safe to say that it's sort of a soft start time. You want to have your television probably on or whatever you're watching the game on at that time. You probably want to have all of your snacks and everything around you, all of the provisions, and just sort of lock in by 6.30. I really wouldn't do it any later than that. I, I am so appreciative of, of this information uh, my hands are trembling a little bit because I, I trust you. It's just, it's just been, it's been an arduous process. I'm going to be very scared to, to put this, to put this live, but I mean, that's kind of the, the high we all chase a, as journalists. I, I know that this like might go and get some murky ethical grounds, but is there anything that I can do for you? Like you say, the Super Bowl starts at six 30, but Will there be any pregame coverage associated with the NFL network that perhaps fans who don't want to wait till 630 can can look forward to? You know, that is it's such a great question that you're asking right now. And you know what? I actually do have the answer handy. I don't even have to check in with NFL research for that. You can actually go over to NFL Network and we will have like 15 hours essentially of pregame coverage. And there's going to be all sorts of people involved. Rich Eisen, myself, all the game day morning guys. I'll be in Tampa as well. So we'll have you covered. And I'm sure we will talk about that start time plenty of times during that pregame coverage. Wow. I, I, I really appreciate it. Thank, yeah. thank you so much. I think that there's a good chance that this is going to uh, maybe not change my life, but really get me back on the right track and, and hope 
hopefully it helps me out of like two or three jams that I'm in right now. Well, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm a helper. I, I want to help everybody out there and just make life easier so you guys know what time the game starts. Thank you. Thank you for being the helpers that Mr. Rogers' mom always told him to look out for. And that's it. That's how I did it. That's the story behind the biggest news break of my life. How I discovered what time the Super Bowl starts. It starts at 6.30 on Sunday, February 7th. And now, a special comment from my friend Kevin. As a now former Tampa Bay Buccaneers season pass holder, I get an annual phone call from a representative in the Bucks ticket office wondering if I'm interested in re-upping our purchase. This season's call came last March, days after the team signed legendary quarterback Tom Brady and just as we were all frantically pandemic prepping. The rep wondered, with Brady installed at the helm and the implication of fewer interceptions thrown, would I be willing to jump back on the bandwagon? I was interested, but not because of Brady. I was 100% ready to read him my credit card number if he could guarantee that I'd be able to purchase tickets to Super Bowl 55, which we have recently learned takes place February 7th, 6.30 p.m. at Tampa's Raymond James Stadium. The ticket rep told me he could only guarantee that I'd have the opportunity if the Bucks made it to the Super Bowl. I audibly laughed, and I said, that's not happening and I think you and I both know that. Ten months later, I'm eating a generous slice of humble pie and a heaping side of crow. I've lived in the Tampa Bay area most of my adult life, most recently for the past five years. Like many harried northerners sick of cold, unforgiving winters, my wife and I traded our snowblower for kayaks, and we made the move. I grew up a fan of all Chicago sports teams, and among Chicago fans, there's this shared identity, a lexicon, a cast of characters, historic heartbreaks, triumphs, and a pool of culture that fosters collective camaraderie. Despite my hometown devotion, I chose to become a Bucks season pass holder because I love watching live sports no matter who's playing. The Tampa area is full of transplants like me, and in my experience as a casual Bucks fan, I found that Raymond James Stadium is never rocking as much as it is when the Cowboys, Giants, Patriots, Bears, Steelers, even the Jags come to town. (laughs) Fellow transplants show up in droves, creating an atmosphere akin to a U.S. men's national team soccer game where the opponent's expat fan base drowns out the home crowd. There's even a rule at Ray J. If you're boarding the ever-present party on the pirate ship in the north end zone, You cannot wear another team's gear. This is an area whose identity is inextricably linked with the outsiders who populate it, the tourists, snowbirds, and northern escapees who prop up its economy. From a sports perspective, Tampa is not a hotbed of tradition, which makes it among the least likely candidates to suddenly support football's NFC champion Bucks, the NHL's Stanley Cup champion Lightning, and baseball's American League champs, the Rays. I'm not so naive to assume that a collection of sports franchises is a direct reflection of a city's character, and not that Google search is a totally accurate way of judging the fan base of either competing city, but the search Kansas City Chiefs Traditions yields nearly seven times the search results as Tampa Bay Buccaneers Traditions. Suffice to say, 
Tampa teams tend to feel every bit the small market franchises they are, and yet they succeed as underdogs often enough that there's a diehard contingent to be found. Indeed, Tampa fans are not long-suffering. These aren't comparable to the fan bases of the pre-2016 Cubs, the pre-2017 Eagles, or the pre-2003 Red Sox. These are not the Lions. These are good fans, though. These are decent people, from business executives to the ubiquitous Florida man and Florida woman. And while they may lack the resume of a town deserving a championship windfall, that fact might actually be why they are so deserving. And maybe this is exactly why those unaffiliated should root for the Bucks on February 7th at 6.30 p.m. While the Bucks are admittedly devoid of many of the trappings of a storied sports franchise, this Bucks iteration is perhaps it's most reflective of this region and our times. It's a franchise that has a history of hiring, promoting, and advocating for black coaches, many of whom, after getting their start in Tampa, went on to accomplish great things. It's a franchise whose charitable arm, as well as that of its owners, the Glazer family, have done incredible things to promote social justice, help local children, and advocate for underserved populations. Tom Brady came here the same way many people do, getting up there in years, looking for a change of pace, perhaps even the fountain of youth that one of the area's first explorers, Hernando de Soto, sought. That Brady, an aging star, decided to move to Tampa Bay, set up shop here, and bring with him a culture of winning and a demand for excellence should be enough to win over even the most cynical near fan, casual fan, and one-time Brady detractor like myself. And to the Bucks season ticket office, I say this. Is it too late for me to change my mind? The Kyle Coster Show is written by me, Kyle Coster, and Kevin Allen. It is produced by Sean Daly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.